Hey friend, welcome to the Soulfully You podcast with Coach Chris Rodriguez. I'm a movement and mindset coach, and I believe in a deeper way of living, a more soulful way of being. Join me each week for conversations about how to put a little more soul into our work, our relationships, and our everyday lives. Early in the pandemic, my wife and I went to visit my sister-in-law in Illinois. Like every time with her, it was so fun and pleasant. Some of the other sisters came to visit. They brought their kids. So it was a good time of family. And we did what we always do. I play with the kids. I get up early. I sit on the back porch and drink coffee with the sisters. And we talk. We make jokes. Sometimes our conversations are about meaningful things. And sometimes they're about trivial things. One of the things we talked about was language and words and the words that we used to see that we don't see much of anymore. How some of those words are weird and silly and some of them are beautiful. But then that conversation changed tones. And that conversation got a little sad. Not because there was a conflict or anything like that. Not because anybody said or did anything wrong. But we learned about something that has been happening in language for years now. Every year, new words are added to the dictionary. It's based on how much people search terms, how much people use terms in everyday language. But when those words are added, some words are taken away. In 2013, one of the words added is one that many of us use quite often, or at least we've heard it used. It's selfie. You know, when you take your phone and face it towards yourself and take a picture and post it online for others to see. Now, I have no skills at the selfie. I'll admit that. But it really does speak to a phenomenon that is happening in our world. This new awareness and care for the self. How do you think about yourself? How often do you think about yourself? Do you consider yourself a person who's self-aware? The more and more I think about these concepts, I was interested to discover a researcher, Tasha Urich, and her whole field of study is around self-awareness and reflection. Check out this conversation. Tennessee Williams once told us, there comes a time when you look into the mirror and you realize that what you see is all you'll ever be. And then you accept it. Or you kill yourself. Or you stop looking in mirrors. <laughs> and speaking of mirrors, someone else once said, if we spend too much time scrutinizing what's in our rearview mirror, we're certain to crash into a light post. 
I've spent the last four years of my life studying people who look in mirrors, rear view and otherwise, in their search for self-awareness. I wanted to know what self-awareness really is, where it comes from, why we need it, and how to get more of it. My research team surveyed quantitatively thousands of people. We analyzed nearly 800 scientific studies. And we conducted dozens of in-depth interviews with people who made dramatic improvements in their self-awareness. Now, initially, we were actually so worried that we wouldn't find any of these people that we called them self-awareness unicorns. (laughs) True. But thank goodness we did find them. Because what these unicorns taught me would create a groundbreaking revelation for how all of us can find genuine self-awareness. And that's what I want to share with you. Today, I want you to reflect on how you're reflecting. I know that's a mouthful. And to get there, we're going to need to shatter one of the most widely held beliefs about finding self-awareness. But first things first, what is this thing we call self-awareness anyway? It's the ability to see ourselves clearly, to understand who we are, how others see us, and how we fit into the world. Self-awareness gives us power. We might not always like what we see, but there's a comfort in knowing ourselves. And there's actually a ton of research showing that people who are self-aware are more fulfilled. They have stronger relationships. They're more creative. They're more confident and better communicators. They're less likely to lie, cheat, and steal. They perform better at work and are more promotable. And they're more effective leaders with more profitable companies. In the world of self-awareness, there are two types of people. Those who think they're (laughs) self-aware and those who actually are. It's true. My team has found that 95% of people think they're self-aware But the real number is closer to 10 to 15%. You know what this means, don't you? (laughs) It means that on a good day, on a good day, 80% of us are lying to ourselves (laughs) about whether we're lying to ourselves. (laughs) Pretty scary, right? That approach you're using to examine your thoughts, your feelings, and your motives you know, introspection? Well, you're probably doing it. There's no easy way to say this. You're probably doing it totally wrong. When we talk about the self, we're talking about an internal relationship. That relationship is informed by our environment, our society, our cultural values, and our personal values. Like any relationship, the relationship with ourselves needs to be cultivated. And we and others can do things that are either healing and helpful, causing growth, or wounding and harmful, causing destruction. Over the last several decades, the conversations around self-awareness and self-reflection lead us to believe that these are new ideas and concepts. 
But these conversations have been going on since the beginning of civilization. However, modern psychology has given us new language. And technologies like brain imaging help us gain a better understanding of these ideas and concepts. When I think of language and the evolution of language, I almost think of it like a new technology, something to be worked with, something with mechanics, and something that revolutionizes the way we live our lives. But like any new technology that we love, there tends to be a tendency to overuse and misuse this gift. One of these examples is the self-care movement, which is a beautiful movement that I love and advocate for, while at the same time seeing the ways it is misused and abused. Sometimes I watch as people claim, quote-unquote, self-care when really there is this overindulgence and this rudeness to others at all costs in the name of what they would call self-care. If your self-care is harming other people, then it can't be called care. If your self-care is moving you further away from people and burning bridges with others, out of selfishness and egocentricity, then that's not self-care. As I say all this, I understand and recognize the tension of trying to fight for yourself, trying to stand up for yourself in a world where people mishandle us. The ways that others mishandle us cause internal wounds. Some of those wounds that we carry are neglect. In some cases, it's people's possessiveness, control, and manipulation over us. In other scenarios, it's people coddling us too much and enabling our bad tendencies and giving us too much. All of these different kinds of interactions, relationships, and experiences change the way we see ourselves in light of each other. So the way we reflect and the way that we do our inner work becomes shallow and surface rather than soulful and deep. If we continue to go down the road of shallow self-reflection and self-image, it will affect our sense of belonging, our sense of worth and value. One of the ways that we can have a more soulful, grounded, and deeper sense of self-image and worth, I find in the mechanics of language. There's a word that I love that we throw around without even knowing the depth of its meaning. And that word is humble. Its root is the same root we find in the word human. And that root is hume, which literally means earth. 
So to be humble is to identify with the earth, to be truly human and not to seek to be up in the clouds, to be higher than anyone else, but to make yourself low, but not in a false humility kind of way. You see, because false humility is self-centered. It's egocentric. It's acting like you don't got the stuff. It's being so hyper aware of yourself that you put yourself down in light of others. A lot of times when we think about pride, we think about it as the opposite of humility. But false humility is the other side of the coin of being prideful, of being self-centered. When we have the right estimation of ourselves, not thinking of ourselves too high, not thinking of ourselves too low, but thinking of ourselves just right, then we can get to that point where we're ready for healthy self-reflection. Here are four questions that you can ask yourself to be more self-aware. Number one, what do I intrinsically need? I remember years ago when I first got married, me and a bunch of my friends, we lived in the same apartment complex in Tulsa. And one night, me and the guys, we were all out. We were drinking and talking and the neighbor above us just came out and just ripped us up, cursing at us, yelling at us, telling us he was going to come down and beat us up. What he didn't realize was that most of my friends were mental health counselors and uh, in grad school for degrees in mental health. And one of my buddies, he looked up and he said, all right, we hear you. What do you need? And he kept yelling, kept cursing. He's like, all right, I know you're upset, but what do you need? And then he started yelling a little more. And then my buddy asked him one more time. And he said, well, I'm really having trouble sleeping. Can you guys keep it down? He was like, all right, we're sorry, we will. And then he went inside. And later, they actually became really good friends. A lot of times, we think we know what we're fighting for. But until we identify what we intrinsically need, we won't be able to do healthy self-reflection. That being said, question number two that you can ask yourself is, how can I fight for the things that I need in healthy ways? We all know the times when we feel unheard. We know the times when we feel helpless, when we feel like our needs aren't going to get met. So as a survival tactic, sometimes we just fight the wrong ways. And we may get the things that we need, but a lot of time there's some bridges burnt along the way, right? So fighting for our needs in healthy ways helps us grow in our self-awareness. Question number three, are my actions and my behaviors bringing more connection and integration with others? Or are they bringing destruction, disintegration, and isolation from others? 
going back to thinking about self-care. If I'm just being selfish, I'm not being compassionate, not to myself, not towards others. True self-compassion actually opens us up and expands us towards each other. And one of the best ways that we can self-reflect is by being in the right standings with other people. You see, we mirror each other. So sometimes in our self-reflection, we can go and look to our relationships to help us see ourselves better. And the last one is, who am I when I don't feel the need to perform? This one is a tough one because so much of our life is based on performing well for other people, whether it's in our work, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's in the expectations we have for ourselves. But you know what it feels like when your guard is down. You know the ways you show up when you're maybe a little more playful, maybe a little more curious, when you're more relaxed, when you feel the most yourself. When we can access that part of ourselves, it helps us to think soberly about ourselves. Because when we're relaxed and when we're grounded, there's a sense of belonging. And there's a sense of being at home within ourselves. So this is your invitation to get comfortable with you, the real you, the you that is valuable and worthy of belonging. Thank you for listening to the Soulfully You podcast with Coach Chris Rodriguez. If you like the show, Help others find me by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at coach underscore Chris Rodriguez. For more episodes, along with all of my coaching programs, visit me at www.coachchrisrodriguez.com. Special thanks to my team behind the scenes. Editing and show notes by Holly Lydiard and music by Dan Smith. And remember, whatever you do, wherever you find yourself today, make sure you put some soul in it.